all I have to say is like just take those like AM the AM cold and flu pills even if you're not sick and I always prevent you from getting sick and I just unfortunately did it too late this time Welcome back to Crew Crime, a true crime podcast with Sav and Mads. And uh, this week we want to shout out two very important people in our lives yes. in a million ways. Yes. In- Cam and motherfucking Isaac. Yes, Cam and Isaac. <laughs> the power couple. The, the dynamic power. duo. Oh my god. In every way are they the best. Okay, don't forget to follow us on our social medias. Twitter at... Crew Trime. <laughs> that is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Instagram at... Crew Trime Podcast. And YouTube at Crew Crime and True Crime Podcast. We still only have the one vid, but it's pretty damn good. It is, and there will be more hopefully soon. But yeah. we have lives and shit's going on. So. And everything's hard. Yeah. And we're sick. <laughs> yeah. And it's the holidays. So. And I apologize for our voices right now because we sound like shit. Yeah. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you're lucky though, you're even getting a fucking pod because we were dying this week. Uh, but it's not the Rona, so that's fucking good. It's not the Rona, confirmed. Please rate, review, and subscribe. It means so much to us every time you do, and it helps us out wildly. Yeah. Oh, and shoot us an email if you feel like it. Oh, yeah, if you fucking feel. At crewtrimetruecrime at gmail.com. Boom. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, Don't forget it. Don't wear it out. Never. (laughs) But do wear it out. Send us some emails. Yeah, wear it out. Cheers, and we're about to get ready for part two of Serial Rapist. Woo! You know my favorite thing about us? Hmm. We're both violently sick, and we're still drinking alcohol. I know. <laughs> it's like the worst thing you could possibly and do. I've still been... Vaping. I've still been vaping the whole time. <laughs> oh Anyways, okay, we never drink. So. Oh, yeah. To good health. <laughs> <laughs> we're fucking dumbasses. All right, let's do this. <laughs> Who's your person? Oh, yeah. So, part two of serial rapists slash killers is Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, the Screen Door Killer, and other weird names that I'll share with you that I've never heard before. The Screen Door Killer is my fucking favorite. Least threatening serial killer name. (laughs) Hello, it is I, the Screen Door Killer. I'm the Spork Rapist. I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna go. The Spork Rapist? Like a spoon? Yes, a spork. Oh, my God. The least threatening utensil. So. <laughs> oh, no. Arguably more threatening than a spoon. Maybe. <laughs> okay, all right. You ready to hear about Richard Ramirez? I am, yeah. Okay, I'm so sorry. We're going to blow my nose first. Oh, no. Welcome to being very sick with Savin Mads. <laughs> Our lives have been in living hell for the last six days. <laughs> I didn't get to babysit my nephews, so. Yeah. And me and Sav live together, spoiler alert. I don't know if you guys have picked up on that, so everyone in this house is sick. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is sick. Oh, my poor boyfriend's starting to feel it. I feel bad. Oh, same with Shad. This whole time, I was like, stop kissing me, you bitch. But then I was like, haha, just kidding. No. Yeah. <laughs> guys are pussies when they get sick, though. That's what I keep trying to tell Kemper. I've been telling mm-hmm. him, take medicine, even though you're not feeling it yet. And then mm-hmm. this morning, he was like, I might be sick. And I was like, stop. I'm telling you to take this medicine. What a bitch. Anyways. Okay, Richard Ramirez. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sidetracked. 
Okay, so he was born in El Paso, Texas on February 29th. Oh. That's a fucking leap year. Oh. Yeah. I didn't really. When you first said that, I was like. <laughs> I know. The first thing I saw when I read February 29th, I was like, a leap year. Huh. Yeah. That's so. cool. What the fuck on is a leap, leap year? day, dude. It's the one, it's a leap year. It's like every like four years when it, or maybe more than that. I really don't know. But February only has right. 28 days. Okay. But every four years, or however many, I'm so sorry, it has 29. Why? I don't know, but he was born on the 29th, <laughs> so he should huh. be a March 1st baby. How many birthdays does this guy have? How old is he even really? Oh my god. Right? How many birthdays does this guy it actually just have? adds to the enigma that is Richard Ramirez, <laughs> <laughs> the spork rapist. <laughs> <coughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's wildly <laughs> So he was the youngest of five children, and his father, Julian, was a Mexican national and used to work as a Juarez, Mexico policeman, but oh. later became a laborer on the Santa Fe Railroad. So what a life. He okay. was just a hardworking man, but he was also a very angry man. Mm-hmm. And it was not in the least uncommon for like him to abuse his children like, um, physically. That's too bad. More about Richard, though. Like We don't really know a ton about his family, except for one cousin I'm about to tell you all the fuck about. Oh, I think I remember this dickbag. Yeah. So Richard started smoking weed at the age of 10 years old, and he had this older cousin, Miguel, or Mike, as he's referred to. 10 years old, I know. Holy shit. Yeah. Where do you even find weed when you're 10? Your older cousin, Miguel. Oh, fuck. Well, I didn't have one of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but he goes by Mike. He okay. goes by Mike. So he was a, a U.S. Army combat veteran, and he would smoke with Richard. And how old was he when he was smoking weed with this 10-year-old? I mean, he had just gotten back from the Vietnam War. So he was like a grown-ass man? I mean, at least in his 20s. I don't know. What the fuck? I didn't really do too much research on him, but he, I mean, he's a fucked up guy. That just sounds like a horrible way to spend an evening. If someone's like, hey, do you want to come smoke weed with a 10-year-old? Like, <laughs> fucking no. Know. Absolutely Never. not. <laughs> I'm going to go to jail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. But Mike loved to brag about his kills in the Vietnam War. So he would show off pictures of his victims, a lot of whom were Vietnamese women that he had raped uh, during his time in the war. Oh, and no. he would show fi- pictures of that. No, you're not ready. There were even some photos with Mike posing next to the decapitated head <gasps> of whatever woman he had raped and then killed that day. Holy in Vietnam, getting away with this in the Vietnam War. Holy in fuck! In the U.S. Army. This was our, uh, a U.S. Army man doing this. Well, that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either, but it pisses me off. Not talking shit on anyone in the army or any shit like that, no, but some either. fuck shit has happened. Oh yeah, that pisses me off so yeah. bad. Yeah. That's awful. my knee slap. <laughs> pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. Do they just like let them run free and wild? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well. I don't know. Mike taught Richard basic military skills such as stealthy killing, and then it was around the same time that Richard would like, it, like to escape his father's like abuse, he would spend his nights sleeping in the cemetery oh in my town. what a place to choose <laughs> yeah i was like i would go ask a friend i would even your own like backyard opened yeah like, <laughs> i would not go sleep in the cemetery but to each their own yeah i mean do your thing i guess to each their own yeah i like cemeteries yeah <laughs> i think they're cool too yeah. but like i don't know that i want to go sleep there every night to escape, escape my abusive father yeah fuck no i spent I enough time park. in cemeteries i go sleep in a park yeah Anywhere, really. Mm. When Richard was about 13, he witnessed his cousin Mike shoot and murder his own wife, Jessie, during a domestic dispute. Holy shit. And Richard was there just watching this whole thing go down. And this is the same cousin who he smokes weed with and bragged about all of his, like, fucking murders and rapes in Vietnam. Oh my god. mm -hmm. And then, I'll let you know right now, because this is important, Mike was found not guilty by reason of insanity. 
okay. Just so you know that. Just so so you know. did he go to, like, a mental institution? I or? don't know what else happened there, but I'll tell you more about Richard. Okay. <laughs> so after witnessing this, he became withdrawn from those around him, and it's rumored that, like, this is when he really started to change. Mm. Childhood friends and, like, all the documentaries I watched said that, like, growing up, like, young with Richard, they called him Ricky, and he was fun and, like, outgoing and, like... Not like he was, like, wildly smart or anything yeah. like that, but he was just a fun kid. Yeah. He was a fine kid. Everyone Only loved sometimes him. He slept friends. in cemeteries. Fucking yeah. just a chill dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that way he was just fine. Everyone was like, he's fine. It was after this that people said that everything changed with him. He started. They started calling him Ricky the Thief and Fingers because he was <laughs> breaking into homes, stealing cars, and committing other, like, petty crimes. <laughs> Fingers. I love that nickname. Would <laughs> you look at that? It's fingers walking down the no. street. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, would I don't know why it's in the 1920s now, but it's fine. So it was later that same year of the shooting of Mike's wife that Richard moved in with his sister Ruth and her husband Roberto. Roberto was a fucking creep. Oh, fuck. Oh, a fucking creep. Oh, no. And he was an, he was an obsessive peeping Tom, and he would take Richard with him on his nighttime little escapades. What the f- Why is everyone trying to ruin this kid? I don't know, but I will say they succeeded. Yeah, d- more so than I'm sure they even imagined. Oh, yeah, severely. Jesus Christ. Well, severely. Ah. It was not too long after, like, he moved in with uh, Ruth and Roberto that he started using LSD and acquaintancing... acquaintancing is that a word? I'm. It is now. Acquaintancing himself <laughs> Making with- words on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> with Satanism. Oh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> How old was he at this time? Like, ninth grade. Holy shit, okay. Yeah. Okay, all right. So his sexual fantasy exploration began with violence, bondage, and rape. Fuck. During his school years, he got a job at the Holiday Inn near him, but was fired very quickly after (laughs) because a hotel guest walked into his room to find Ramirez attempting to rape his wife. Fuck! Mm-hmm. Richard was beat to a pulp by this man. Nice. But ultimately, the charges against him for the attempted rape were dropped because the couple who had been visiting and staying in the hotel refused to return to the state. So by the time that he was 22, he had moved moved from Texas to California, where he stayed, increased his drug use with cocaine, and also he was still doing the acid, and he was still smoking weed. Hmm, party. Yeah, and he <laughs> remained in California until capture. Okay. We're gonna get into that. In California, he stayed in Skid Row Hotels, and as I mentioned in our Crew Tribe Halloween episode, the Cecil Hotel at the heart of Skid Row in downtown LA was his home base. So, like, most of his crimes took place while he was residing at the Cecil Hotel. Holy shit. Which is so interesting. He never seemed to work, but always seemed to have money for drugs. So, I wonder how he got that money. I'm about to fucking tell you. He was oh probably God. selling that peen. No. Oh, I was thinking male prostitution. No. (laughs) You were thinking way too light, bro. Oh, was he murdering people and taking their money? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So. (laughs) Fuck. I sound like I'm wheezing. (laughs) You Um. are. (laughs) No. You literally are. We're the pitchers of health right now. Yeah. (laughs) Drinking beers and wine. (laughs) Talking about some crude crime. That was an interesting one. Oh, it's because I hit the little sticker. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now we're going to get into the the crimes. (laughs) (laughs) The cum, the cum, the crimes? Are you okay? No. No. (laughs) You actually aren't, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just usually when you mess up on words, it's more than one syllable. (laughs) 
no. Oh, my God. It's all going to be all right. Just drink that wine. Just what the doctor ordered. Yes. (laughs) Okay, the crimes. Okay. Okay. Ramirez's first, like, known murder took place June 28th, 1984. Jenny Vinco, 79 years old. Oh. Was found murdered in her apartment in Glazel. Glazel? Glassel? Glassel. I don't know. I don't know. California. (laughs) Glassel Park, Los Angeles. She had been asleep while she was brutally stabbed and then nearly decapitated. Fuck. Now they're like, the LA police is like, well, this is quite the murder. Yeah, but in Maybe LA, they they're like, what a Tuesday. What a Tuesday. <laughs> like, literally, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then March 17th, 1985, 22-year-old Maria Hernandez was, atta- was attacked outside her home in Rosemead, California. Wait, how old was she? 22. Oh. So his first murder is 79. Oh. Now 22. I always thought he had a thing for, like, old ladies. He kind of does. Okay. Oh, no. (laughs) It's bad. Not to yuck anyone's yums, but you. I can't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not to yuck anyone's yums But yuck, Richard Ramirez. Yeah, no yum. The murder? Fine. Old lady? No, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) It's not okay. The murder's not None of it's okay. No, none of this. Absolutely none of it. The old ladies, bro? (laughs) You know? We'll get way into that. Oh, God. So, 22-year-old Maria Hernandez was attacked outside her home in Rosemead, California. She was shot in the face with a handgun just after pulling into her garage. But listen to this. This woman put her hands up in, like, defense, right? So, she, like, blocks her face with her hands as she's being shot at. She has her keys in her hand, and the bullet hits a key (gasps) and ricochets off of it. God was looking out for this woman. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. He might have been. I don't know. Oh my god. Yeah. She. No, sorry. She. <laughs> Maddie, I never would have expected that from you. Yeah, well, here we go. <laughs> feminist now. Okay, so it fucking saved her life, but at this point, Richard Ramirez had already, like, gone inside, mm-hmm. where poor Maria Hernandez's roommate, her name was Dale Okazaki, 34 years old, oh, no. um, was immediately shot in the forehead and killed by oh. Richard at this point. Within an hour of this murder, Ramirez went to a different part of L.A., Monterey Park, pulled 30-year-old Veronica Yu out of her car, shot her twice with a handgun, and ran off. Holy fuck! So he just yanks this girl out of her car, shoots her dead. Wait, wait, wait. Here's my question, though. So with the first one, with Maria, did he know he didn't kill her, and he was just like, ah, shucks, and just ran away? I think at that point, he'd already gone inside, and then he just left. I don't think he, like... So he didn't check on her? I don't think he checked. Okay. I mean, I don't know. But he's like, darn it. Well, (laughs) next time. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it took her down. I mean, like, the the gunshot is not like a not forced thing. It's quite an impact. Yeah. (laughs) I would say it's pretty severe. Yeah. Yeah. So probably knocked her down at least. Yeah. And at this point, there were two murders with an attempted third. So the media started kind of losing their mind and they're like, oh my God, do we have a serial killer? Let's call him the walk-in killer or the valley intruder. (laughs) What the fuck, dude? (laughs) The walk-in murder, uh, that makes me think of, like, a walk-in freezer, like a yeah. McDonald's or Arctic Circle or something. Ugh. It's almost as bad as the Poetic Strangler. Yeah. That oh, Nancy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Nancy. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh poor Nancy. The walk-in killer, though. I guess I yeah. can see why that's his name. I mean, he walked into their home yeah. and he killed them. Yeah. Fucking lock your doors, people. Lock your doors. Wasn't these people's faults? Because it sounds no. like they were just like outside minding yeah, their business. Yeah, this girl literally just got home from work, opens her garage, pulls in, gets out of her car, bang, bang, bitch. Could you imagine? You get home from your shit ass day. You I got yelled at by a customer. You've been on your feet for eight hours. 
You get inside and this dude shoots you in the face and you block it with your keys. By the graces of the literal God himself that I don't even believe in. Right? But here's the thing. There's another murder that I'll tell you about where he was trying to kill this girl and then Jesus saved her. So I'll get to that. Jesus saved her. Okay. At least according to him. Okay. All right. We'll see. So we'll get there. On March 27th, 1985, Richard had chosen a home that he had been to in the past for, like, smaller petty crimes. He had burgled this home in the past. Oh, my God. At about 2 a.m., Ramirez snuck into the house of Vincent and Maxine Zazara, ages 64 and 44. Oh. He shot Vincent in his sleep. That's his thing. He kills most of, like, the men he kills in their sleep. Well, because he's a pussy and he doesn't want to try and fight them. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because he knows he would lose. Maybe. Maxine woke up from the gunshot, and Richard bound her up, beat her, demanded money and valuables. While he was gathering shit up, like, around the house, Maxine had freed herself and grabbed the shotgun that the couple kept under their bed. So she was like, fuck, while he's busy, let me get free and get that fucking gun. Yeah. Have one for this very fucking reason. Yeah. And then listen to this. She picks it up, and it's not even loaded. Oh, my God. she tried to shoot him. It didn't work. Richard gets pissed. Oh, Fuck. So he shoots her three times, stabbed her multiple times with a kitchen knife, gouged her eyeballs out, and placed them in a jewelry box that he actually took with him. Oh my god, what the fuck? That's wildly fucked. Ew. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, there's, like, quotes of, like, let me see if I actually have, let me see if I have it pulled up. It's fucked up. He says one time, like, uh, there's woman, like refuse me or something like that hang on let me find it one time i told this lady to give me all her money she said no so i cut her and pulled her eyes out what a fucking dick dude i mean that's pretty fucked up i mean yeah you could say that that's like totally not cool dude (laughs) that's like wildly uncool (laughs) (laughs) the vibe's just off at this point i gotta go (laughs) so at this point police were certain that they had a serial killer on their hands and the most evidence that they really did have was a shoe print left at this most recent scene. The bullets matched other scenes as well, so, like, the ballistics Mm. were the same. Really, they didn't have much other than that. Richard Ramirez was a sneaky motherfucker. Okay. May 14th, 1985, still within a year of the first murder. Ramirez went back to Monterey Park, where he pulled that lady out of her car, like, he went back to the Mm. same place, and this time he went to the home of Bill and Lillian Doy. Bill was 66 years old. He was just an average man for his age who cared for his disabled wife, Lillian, who was 56. Aww, what a she was man. physically disabled and bedridden. Hmm. So Ramirez sneaks into the home, surprises Bill in his bedroom, and as Bill reached for his own gun to like defend himself, Ramirez shot him directly in the face. <gasps> Then beat the shit out of Bill, then went into Lillian's room, restrained her with thumb cuffs, which he didn't need to do. No, she's physically she disabled. She could not have done anything. Yeah. Restrains her with thumb cuffs and then rapes her <gasps> repeatedly. No, no. Repeatedly. Why, though? I don't know. It's wildly fucked up. I mean, up. why to any of this? But what the fuck, dude? Wildly fucked up. Ugh. And I hate that he put the thumb cuffs on her because he didn't need to. No. Well, he didn't need to do any of this shit. He shouldn't have done any of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I really think. But he leaves with her alive. She has a full description of him. Okay, okay. He took the valuables in the home and then he left. Bill Doy later died in the hospital. So he had like lived through all of it and he could no. hear his wife being raped in the other room. Um, and when police like talked to Lillian, she described her husband's killer as a tall Hispanic man dressed in all black with bad teeth. <laughs> Guess what? Get That's fucked, Richard Ramirez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get straight up fucked. <laughs> straight up fucked. Two weeks later, May 29th, 1985, Ramirez was driving a stolen car around Monrovia, California. He ended up at the house of 83-year-old Mabel Bell and her 81-year-old disabled sister, Florence Lang. No. 
He snuck in, found a hammer in the kitchen, used it to bludgeon Florence in her bedroom, and then he went to Mabel's room. He bound Mabel, bludgeoned her with the hammer, then used an electric cord to shock her. <gasps> Fucked. He then raped Florence, who he had already bludgeoned. Oh my god. Used Mabel's lipstick to draw a pentagram on her thigh and on the walls, and then he left. So he left them alive. Two days later, the women were found alive but severely <gasps> unconscious. Two days Two days later? later, they were found alive. Holy shit. And, like, wildly uh, fucked up. And Mabel later died in the hospital. But Florence, oh my I mean. God. Is Florence the disabled She was the 81-year-old. Mabel was 83. Yeah. Oh, my God. That makes Very me so sad. sad. So, let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. How the fuck did he choose who he was going to go after? Did he just drive around and then yes. he was like, you're the one? That's the worst part. He would be like, okay, uh, I'm going to drive around this neighborhood until I find a house that looks right to me. Oh, my God. And then God. he would choose the house and he'd go on in. Like, that's fucking, that scares the shit out of me. Because here's the thing. BTK and Richard Ramirez, like, as people, take away the murdering aspect. They're fucking weenies. They don't scare me. Yeah. Just Richard like Ramirez as literally doesn't have anything besides Yeah, the literally. He aspect. thinks he's an edgy fucking satanic kid. He's mm-hmm. a douche. Like, it's yeah. whatever. But, like, just the fact that, like, they choose someone at random like that and just go Drive after them. until they just find a house they like. Okay. That's and, fucking like, horrifying. the difference there is that BTK would stalk them. Oh, he hella stalked them for, yeah. like, months. Yeah. Ramirez didn't. Yeah. He would be driving around that night and be like, I pick that one. Yeah. Horrifying. Mm-hmm. Or he'd be like, horrifying. oh, I burgled that house before. Let me go back. <gasps> it's so scary because, like, fucking, I'm out and about during mm-hmm. the night. That fucking scares the shit out of me. As it should. It do. It Don't does. even worry. <laughs> yeah. And he would choose his, his victims at night, right? I mean, yeah. That's he would drive around at night, and then he would find a house, and then he'd go in. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Piece of shit. So the pentagram thing, like, that he drew on Mabel's thigh and on the walls was pretty big to the police because it, cause it, for the first time, they kind of had some sort of insight into his, like, psyche. Yeah. To them, it was him basically announcing his dedication to Satan, which gave them motivation. They're like, oh, these are satanic crimes. Mm. And just kind of gave, like, a little bit of an explanation for why he was so kind of reckless yeah. in the scenes. And this was, was still in the 80s, in, right? Yeah, 85. Ah, uh, so that's, like, right during satanic panic, dude. Yeah. So I bet yes. the cops were just eating it up. <laughs> yes, and so was the public. Oh, my God. So was the public. Everybody yeah. was so stressed. The very next day after he had killed Mabel and Florence... He was in the same stolen car, but now he was in Burbank, California. Ramirez snuck into the home of 41-year-old Carol Kyle. Okay. Carol had an 11-year-old son who was home at the time, and Ramirez held the two of them at gunpoint while he burglarized the home. Oh, my God. He then locked the boy in the closet and raped Carol repeatedly. No. During this, he ordered her not to look at him. Like, don't look at me, otherwise I'll cut your fucking eyes out. (gasps) Oh my god, this poor woman. Yeah, so clearly she did not look at him. Yeah. Afterwards, he let the kid out of the closet, locked the two together with handcuffs, and fled the scene. So he did not kill either of them. Just Uh, raped. And burgled. This is... What the fuck? Yeah. How does he decide who he's gonna murder and who he doesn't? I really don't know. The rape was such a big part of it for him. And the burglary. yeah. Yeah. He didn't literally, like, there's no record of him having, like, a job besides that one time at the Holiday Inn. He was making bank off burglary. Well, not bank. He lived on Skid Row. So. Yeah. Cecil Hotel, <laughs> which we learned, is not a great hotel. No. No, <laughs> no it is not. <laughs> so, July 2nd, 1985, Ramirez was driving a different stolen car when he randomly chose the house of 75-year-old Marie, or, sorry, Mary Louise Cannon. How did he randomly find all these old ladies? 
He probably like watched some of them pull into their driveway, oh, or maybe I see. saw through their windows. I see. Like I thought he was like just getting old lady vibes from this house. I'm just gonna go right. <laughs> you know what? I hope that's how. <laughs> he was like, I sense it. <laughs> he snuck into her bedroom, and it's unclear if maybe she woke up for a split second or not. But she was bludgeoned, unconscious, with a lamp, and then he stabbed her repeatedly with a butcher knife that he had grabbed oh. from the kitchen on his way into the home. Oh my god! Yeah. July 5th, 1985, Ramirez broke into the Bennett family home in Sierra Madre, California. Whilst he was there, he bludgeoned 16-year-old and sleeping (gasps) Whitney Bennett with a tire iron. (gasps) He had searched for a knife in the kitchen when he walked in, but somehow I guess he didn't find one. Well, I guess that's good for her. (laughs) But also, what a dumb bitch. Right? Every kitchen has a knife in it. And everyone should. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't, what the fuck? But it says that he failed to find one. So he attempted to strangle her with a telephone cord. Oh, no. But listen to this. So I guess when he was strangling her with the cord, he saw electrical sparks coming from the cord, and he believed that this was Jesus Christ intervening and saving her, so he got the fuck out. Oh, so this guy has schizophrenia. A schizoid personality, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Whitney ended up living. She survived the attack. She was bludgeoned with a fucking tire iron and strangled with an electrical cord. Aww. But she lived with 478 stitches <gasps> to her scalp. Oh my god, being 16 is hard enough. 478 stitches in your head. <sighs> that's a lot. It's <sighs> a fucking lot. God, that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. That's so many stitches. Ugh. This This poor poor girl. July 7th, 1985, 61-year-old Joyce Lucille Nelson was sleeping on her couch in her home in Monterey Park when Ramirez snuck into her Monterey Park? Is that just his stomping ground? It's all, like, the downtown, or it's all, like, the LA area. Oh. So, like, there's Monterey Park, there's a few other places. There's been, like, three in Monterey Park, though, right? And there's gonna be more in Monterey Park. Everyone should leave Monterey Park, (laughs) currently. If you live there, leave. Richard Ramirez isn't there anymore, bro. Uh, Still leave. (laughs) Do we have any California listeners? If we do, leave. We have so many. Don't leave. I don't know why you have to leave. Richard Ramirez is in jail. The vibes are off. He's dead. (laughs) He's dead. Oh, well. Listen to the vibes, guys. Yeah. The vibes off. Get the fuck out of Monterey Park. But this poor woman was sleeping on her couch when Ramirez snuck into oh. her home, beat her to death with both his fists and by stomping her in the head. Oh my god. When she was found, the same shoe print of that, like, Avia sneaker was found imprinted in this woman's face. Well, he's a stupid bitch that doesn't think about shit. Well, How the hell would he not realize that he's leaving his mark everywhere? I don't think that he thought that his shoe print would be a big deal. I guess. Maybe because he's a dumb, stupid bitch who can eat my entire ass. Maybe. I will say the shoe print isn't what got him at any point. No. It was a big lead, though, wasn't it? For a minute. At the time, it felt like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. They were like, hey, we're on to something. And I guess they were kind of like a rare-ish pair of sneakers, but not so rare that they would be able to track down who had them. Oh, and he bought them in cash. I remember Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. The same night, after, like, he drove through a few neighborhoods being like, hmm, anything? Nah, I'm gonna go back to Monterey Park. God damn it, Monterey Park. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yup. And he went to the home of 63-year-old Sophie Dickman. Dickman. (laughs) But no. But. (laughs) (laughs) It's just funny, because, like, there's Dickman, but, like, no one's last name is, like, Penisman. No. How do you do? (laughs) It's me, Maddie Penisman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but Dickman is totally fine. <laughs> yes. It's 
like how people call people who are named Richard Dick, but yeah. they never call him Penis. No, and why the fuck would you call anyone named Richard Dick? Dick. Call him Rick. Or something. Why Dick? Where does the D come <laughs> There's from? There's nothing there. And where does this ICK? ICH? You call him Rich? You Maybe just Richard. the first Richard ever was a straight up fucking bitch, and they're like, you fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he shows up as Sophie Dickman's. Hmm. <laughs> Penis. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking offense to you man no of course not i'm sure she's a lovely woman yeah he assaulted and handcuffed her at gunpoint he attempted to rape her not sure what happened there okay stole her jewelry and valuables she swore to him that he had taken everything of value of value and in response he made her swear to satan more of that little satanism see what a fucking douchebag edgelord bitch yeah i really don't like this guy (laughs) douchelord what douchebag edgelord bitch wow (laughs) yeah you hear that guys that's what this guy is no he literally is so a lot happened in july there's like a lot of this has been going on in july the last like one two three four murders were in july of 1985 so there's Hmm. a fifth he had so many attacks and there's so many people affected by him because he didn't kill everybody yeah and he had nothing else to do he didn't have a job or a family or friends He, was he lived just at the doing Cecil this. Hotel being like, hmm, let me drive around in a stolen yeah. car late at night until I found... Find Burgling to- for fun. Right. Mr. Yeah. Fings out there. What was his nickname? Fingers. Fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The next July murder, July 20th, 1985, Ramirez bought a machete and then stole <gasps> a car and drove out to Glendale, California. Oh my God. This time, Layla, 66 years old, and Maxon, 68 years old, would be his next victims. He went into their room, immediately hacked them up with the machete before <gasps> actually killing them with gunshot wounds to the head. No, So dude. he brutally fucked them up no. with a machete before even killing them. Come on, Which is fingers. You don't fucking gotta do terrible. this shit. Oh my god. He then further fucked his victims up with the machete before robbing the house. Oh, why? He- Ugh. This is just what he was doing. This is what he was into. <sighs> Jesus. He then sold the items that he had stolen very quickly and then moved to the next city. He went to Sun Valley. Hmm. Around 4.15, that same, like, immediately after, it's 4.15 in the morning, he breaks into the Covenant home. He shot and killed the father in the home. Their names were too hard to pronounce. I'm really so sorry. Oh, no. What language were they from? This person's name is Chainarong Covenant. Oh, that's okay. Let's just not. <laughs> chain around covenant i don't think that's it so <laughs> he shot and killed the father while he slept then he repeatedly raped and beat the mom hmm. he then bound the couple's eight-year-old kid before dragging him around the house to collect valuable items jeez how would the fucking um, kid know oh wait no i think it was the wife i'm so sorry oh okay he dragged the mom around the house to collect this poor items. kid is like <laughs> i'm like eight don't even know shit dog <laughs> Just let me go. He's like, this is my Xbox. If you <laughs> want, want that, that's <laughs> all I know. <laughs> Again, he made this this woman also swear to Satan that she wasn't hiding anything from him or leaving anything out. Mm. And then both her and her son lived, although the father died immediately. Oh, was he shot? Yeah, he was shot in his oh sleep. Oh my god, that is so sad. Yeah. Do you guys want to guess what that noise is? Because I don't know. It's me taking a fat piss on the couch. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've been watching too much Big Mouth and it's like entering I know, you me. Earlier she was like singing a song about like pussy or something. I don't even remember. Vaginas? It was about me being congested. Oh. <laughs> my pussy's congested. Is it? No. no. I oh hope not. Well, it cannot happen. I hope 
I guess let's find out because this is the most congested I've ever been. So if it's going to happen, it's It's now. (laughs) Oh, my God. You guys ever seen that coughing cat meme? (laughs) Like the cat with like his tongue stuck out where he's like, we'll we'll post a pic because that's literally been sad this whole time. (laughs) Every two seconds, she's like, hold on. It's like, (laughs) still I want to let it out, man. I know. You do the eyes too, the red bloodshot. <laughs> if anybody was wondering how I'm doing, it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. So, anyways, <laughs> on August 6, 1985, Ramirez was driving around Northridge, California, when he broke into the home of Chris and Virginia Peterson. Mm. They were a fairly young couple, I don't have their ages. But he snuck into the bedroom, startled Virginia, shot her in the face, <gasps> then shot Chris in the neck and tried to run out of the home for some reason. Yeah. And then Chris survived and was trying to, like, fight back and, like, grab him in his leg. Wait, where shit. did he shoot Chris? In oh. the neck. In the neck. <gasps> in the neck. Okay. Chris Jesus. lived and is like, fuck you, bitch, trying to fight him. Yeah. Like, pulling at him. He dodges two more bullets somehow, like, in, like, the struggle. But Richard Ramirez, like, ended up getting out of there and mm. getting free. Mm. So, miraculously, both Chris and Virginia survived, even though Virginia was shot in the fucking face. How, 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 no, but how, though? How? I was just about to ask. How has so many people survived gunshots from this man? This dude this has shot people of. in the head and neck. Oh, my God. Does he just have, like, a Nerf gun that he put, like, a real <laughs> bullet in, and he's just firing that at people? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Based off that's all I can imagine. Sense. Or he's just throwing bullets at people with his fucking hands. Because if someone shot me in the face, take this bitch. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. If what? someone shot me in the face, I would I'd die. Just like anyone who gets shot in the face. Yeah. But if you get shot in the face by Richard Ramirez, I guess you're okay. Maybe you're gonna live. Maybe you won't. What the fuck? Yeah. So August eighth, nineteen eighty five, Ramirez is in yet another stolen car. Driving around Diamond Bar, California, when he chose the home of Sakina, age 27, and her 31-year-old husband, Elias Abawath. No. It was the middle of the night, of course. He sneaks in, went to the bedroom, killed Elias immediately, like instantly in his sleep with a single gunshot wound to the head. He then handcuffed and beat Sakina, forcing her to reveal where they hid their valuables. Why does he think everyone has valuables? Well, I mean, I don't know, but he really, I mean, he needs money. He doesn't have a job. I guess, but, like, I'm just imagining someone breaking in here. I'd be like, um... I thought about this the whole time I was writing these. <laughs> Show me your valuables! I mean, fucking... I was like, please we don't have a take TV. my laptop. Yeah, that's literally... Laptops and a TV. Yeah. We've got some D's TVs. Yeah. Come rob us for our <laughs> televisions. <laughs> Other than that, though, you will not get no. shit. All of our shit's thrifted. All of our yeah. couches. Fucking yeah. everything. <laughs> everything. We don't even have nice silverware. It's like that no. $4 package from Walmart. I got so. my shit at the dollar store. Boom. Come there take it, Richard it. Ramirez. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> don't rob us. No, please I don't. I think is really the bottom line. Yeah. And then he rapes her brutally, of course. Uh. He began demanding that she swear to Satan this time, though, rather than, like, that she's not lying about where valuables are, this time that she wouldn't scream during her assaults. Swear to Satan you won't scream while I rape you. That's what he was... Essentially, what? Yeah. I don't what? know. He just wanted everyone to swear everything to Satan. What a weird Doesn't fucking even, dude. I mean... To say the least. To say the least. Oh, my God. During this, though, this is fucked up, while he's raping her... Mm. 
The couple's three-year-old son walks in the room. No. Yeah. Richard Ramirez ties up the kid, goes back to raping the mom. When he's done raping the mom, he unties the boy, sends him over to the neighbor's house to get help, and gets out of there. What the f- what? Explain that to me. Why would he- Don't know. Because he's a sick bitch. I don't- Wait, did he leave the kid in the same room? He tied the kid up, put him aside- Oh rape the God, mom, this poor unties child? the kid, and says, hey, go to the neighbor's house and get some help for your mom. Oh, because, like, three years old, that's when you're, like, starting to, like, remember shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I look back at being three. Well, I actually can't. My trauma happened at five, so I don't remember anything before that. But, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that was really crazy. I was really surprised by the fact that he let this kid go and was like, go get help. Mm. Like, sent the three-year-old to go do that. Um, at this point, Ramirez was absolutely watching the news, following the media coverage, and the knock stack... Not stalker. Not stalker? <laughs> not stalker? <laughs> not stalker. <laughs> bum scratcher? <laughs> Get your bum scratcher. <laughs> yeah. He was watching the media coverage of the Night Stalker's crimes, so he decided that it was best for him to get out of the LA area and move up to the San Francisco area. Hmm, okay. August 18th, 1985, he sneaks into the home of of 66-year-old Peter and 62-year-old Barbara Pan. He shot Peter in the temple while he slept, then beat and raped Barbara before shooting her in the head as well. He then used Barbara's lipstick to draw a pentagram on the wall, and he wrote Jack the Knife also on the wall. Is this dude fucking stupid? I must be. What the hell does that even mean? I don't know. Was he trying to be like, I'm Jack the Ripper, but I'm Jack the Knife? (laughs) 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 I honestly wouldn't even doubt it. I wouldn't be surprised if that was it. (laughs) The shoe print that they found at the the police found at the scene matched those from the rapes and murders of the L.A. serial killer. Mm. And someone leaked to the media that based on this shoe print, the Night Stalker must now be in San Francisco. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The police were pissed about the leak, though, because listen to this. This is valid reason to be pissed. Whoever leaked this info really just fucked their case up because mm-hmm. they revealed in, like, the, the coverage that the shoe print is what connected them. Mm-hmm. So now Richard Ramirez is following the news and is like, oh, shit, they have my shoes. He goes to the Golden Gate Bridge that night and dri- dropped his size 11 and a half Avia sneakers into the water. Damn, got some big feet, son. Oh, yep. <laughs> How big <laughs> them fiends, though. <laughs> Ew, that sounded Nasty. real gross. It's yeah. just because his nickname is Fingers. <laughs> I don't actually want to know. <laughs> so he only stayed in the Bay Area for like a few more days before going back down to LA. Okay. August 24th, 1985, Ramirez steals yet another car. Oh my. This time it was an orange Toyota. And he drove from LA down to Mission Viejo, like 76 ish miles mm. south. That night he snuck into the home of James Romero Jr. James and his family had just gotten home from a Mexico vacation, which we're about to have a Mexico vacation. Woo! Woo. So excited! (laughs) But it's late as shit, and Romero's 13-year-old son happened to still be awake in his bedroom when he hears noises outside, like footsteps outside his room. And he's like, what the fuck? So he gets scared, and he goes to his parents' room, and he's like, I think someone's trying to break into our house. (gasps) So James goes outside, sees the car as it's, like, pulling away because they did startle Richard Ramirez and scare him off. Yeah. He sees the car, an orange Toyota, and took down a partial license plate. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Way James, to go, dude. Yes. James called the police, and, like, they took down all the information, and at this point, James thought that he had just chased away a burglar, <laughs> not the fucking Night Stalker. You got the screen door killer, bud. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. You really dodged a 
fucking bullet, literally. Yeah, the Nerf right gun there. bullet. <laughs> Maybe he would have survived, who knows, but... No, his whole family would have got fucked up, and so I'm really glad his yeah. son was awake. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> yes. I'm so glad he was awake. Okay, so I have another one. <sighs> there's so many! There's, there's so, so many! Here's the thing, there's only a couple more, though. So, next, Ramirez snuck into the home of 30-year-old Bill Carnes and his wife-to-be... No, I fucking hate that he goes after couples. Couples are so sweet. Right? Leave them alone. Just leave them be. Especially the older live. couples. Like, they spend decades together. she usually together. takes out the husband, but lets the wife live. Yeah, it's fucking Just awful. kill her, too, if you're gonna do this, but don't. But don't. Don't do either. Don't do any. But it, I feel like he does do that on purpose, mm-hmm. where he, like, leaves one to suffer. Yeah. Like, what a bitch. Yeah. What oh, an yeah. absolute bitch. He snuck into the bedroom. When he cocked his gun, Bill woke up. Hmm. Immediately, Ramirez sees that he's awake, shoots him in the head three times before he gets to Inez. He told her that he was the Night Stalker, and he forced <gasps> her to swear her love to Satan as he bound and beat her. Oh my god. He gathered up as many of the valuables as he could, dragging her around again while she's bound, making her point out things to him for him to take. And then again, he made her swear to Satan that there was nothing else of value in the oh home. Oh my god. He then took her to another room where he raped her, and oh. before he left, he told her... Tell them the Night Stalker was here. What a fucking douche. What a douche. Yeah, genuinely. At this point, I feel like he wanted Tell to get them caught. the Night Stalker was here. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm gonna, because I need to. Yeah. But fuck you. Yeah, 100%. Like, I was already going to. <laughs> yeah, you already told didn't even me you were the Night Stalker. <laughs> yeah. Even if you didn't tell me that, I would have called the police. Yeah, but you're so. not going to say that to him. Could you imagine? You're like, okay, well, I was going to anyway. But yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, okay, bitch. I'd be able to kill you so you can't. Yeah. And then I'd be like, no, I ruined my chances. <laughs> yeah, you would have. <laughs> Very easily ruined your chances. <laughs> yeah. So once he was gone, Inez untied herself, went to the neighbors for help. Bill went into emergency surgery. Two out of the three bullets were removed from his head, and he survived his injuries. What the fuck is going on right now? Two out of three bullets. So he still had a bullet in his head, and he what still survived the- with three gunshot wounds to the head. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. I honestly think it might be magic. Or it's Satan. I don't know, but you would think Satan would let or them die. Jesus. Maybe it's Jesus. Because oh. here's the thing, Richard Ramirez thought he was protected by Satan, but maybe he was just getting fucked over by Jesus the maybe whole time. Maybe he was just getting fucked over by Jesus. I mean, I don't believe in either of them. But I, I mean, don't either, but I, I can root for that. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you know? I hope Jesus the whole time was like, nah. <laughs> yeah. He likes putting electrical sparks on that yeah. telephone cord. He's like, get the fuck away but from But at the same thing. time, like, Jesus, maybe help those people out a little bit Come more. Come on! <laughs> let them get shot in the head to the point where they need to have two out of three bullets removed and then still live. Uh, here's the thing. Was the third chilling? Yeah, it stayed in there. I guess. Damn! I guess. That's crazy. Yeah. So police interviewed Inez afterwards and got a pretty good description of, again, Ramirez, which matched the other descriptions of people. They just hadn't connected it back to Richard Ramirez yet. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there were a lot of people that fit his description. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So then the stolen car that Ramirez had been driving, that orange Toyota, it was found on August 18th, and police were able to capture a fingerprint from the rearview mirror of the car, although it was pretty clear that he had, like... Dude, were you fighting that shit back or did it just come up? <laughs> it's like that one time that you raid for, but it oh, was yeah. just me just now. Just the middle of a word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, we're a mess. We're almost done that. It was pretty clear that he had like wiped down the rest of the car. Mm-hmm. But the fingerprint was found on the back of the rearview mirror, so he wasn't that smart. He left that spot at yeah. least. 
And when they ran the fingerprint through the database, they were able to positively identify the fingerprint as Richard Ramirez. <laughs> oh, bitch. <laughs> so to the, to the police, 25-year-old Richard Ramirez was a drifter from Texas with a long rap sheet including multiple traffic and drug violations. So when they found this fingerprint and it positively matched to him, they were like, okay, hey, this was a stolen car. This guy doesn't have a job. He's been drifting and racking up criminal records so yeah. they're like this is the night stalker oh, oh yeah fuck yeah so they send out a 1984 mugshot of richard ramirez to the media and to the people of la and the night stalker was finally revealed fuck yeah yeah and as he should be um yeah fucking finally oh my god took you long enough well actually it was only like a year yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was lot. busy there were a lot oh my god on. So the police in their press conference said, we know who you are now and soon everyone else will. There will be no place you can hide. I wish they would have called him a dumbass bitch in front of everyone. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> Forgot to wipe those fingerprints, huh, Mr. Fingers? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're going to get into his capture, which is the best serial killer capture in the world. So good. Literally. So good. So good. So good. I love to see the people come together like this. Yes. <laughs> so it was August 30th, 1985. Richard Ramirez goes, gets on a bus, goes to Tucson, Arizona to see his brother, doesn't end up seeing his brother, has no idea that his face is out in the news at this point. Yeah. And he's just like, you know what? I'm going to go back to LA, whatever. Turns around, goes back to LA. Early morning on the 31st of August, he just gets back into L.A., gets off the bus at the terminal, walks right past a whole group of police officers who had been at the bus terminal specifically with the job of catching Richard Ramirez if he were to be there. Oh, my God. He walks right fucking past them. Not a single one of them notices. How the fuck did they not notice? I don't know. It pisses me off. Literally, like, like the police sketch is walking past yeah. them. <laughs> They're just yeah, like, not oh. even a police sketch, a mugshot. Yeah, literally. <laughs> a mugshot is walking past them. They don't notice, but I think if they had noticed, the story wouldn't be as good. That's true. That is true. The fact that they didn't notice sets it up for the best capture of serial killer in history. So... <laughs> And also, I'm glad this happened in the 80s, because I feel like this wouldn't happen now. Oh, no. You know what I mean? think anyone would do... Well, no. Like, if Richard Ramirez had, like, a fucking Twitter, he would get a little notification where they're like, the Night Stalker has been found. And he'd be like, oh, shit. I better go (laughs) run into the woods. (laughs) It wouldn't be like, I have no idea that I'm all over the news. Yeah. Just blissfully unaware. (laughs) Blissfully unaware. And at this point, he was blissfully unaware. Yeah. He's just strolling past the police into a fucking convenience store. Just being a dick, yeah. (laughs) So in this convenience store, there's a group of older women who see him and are acting, like, scared and, like, kind of muttering to each other. And he overhears them say, El Matador, or the killer. Yeah. And then he was like, what? (sighs) And he looks over at a newspaper rack and he sees his face literally on... The whole thing. Oh, Just God. his face splattering the news, splattering the newspapers. Oh. So he freaks out. He bolts. He run, runs across the Santa Ana freeway. He tries to carjack this lady, but doesn't succeed because there are people who have noticed him and are chasing him. Yeah. And they're like, let's get this fucking guy. Yeah. So he doesn't have time to carjack this lady. He keeps running. He jumps over multiple fences, tries to carjack two more people with no success because he has this mob after him. And then finally, he's captured, not by police, but by the group of people chasing him. Fuck yes. One of which Fuck yes. literally hit him over the head with a metal bar during this whole thing. I fucking <laughs> <yeah>. love that. <laughs> I do love that so much. I love that too. Oh, uh, because that literally means, like, as he was running after this dude, he found a metal bar in the street and picked it up <laughs> and was like, I'm going to need this later. So, <laughs> And then later he whacks Richard Ramirez in the head with that shit. Oh, uh, I hope that guy's having a good day. I do too. Yeah. 
no <laughs> I have no idea how old he is. I hope he's alive. I'm sorry for the cough. If you listen to the pod, send us an email. <laughs> yeah. Let us know what it was like. <laughs> yeah, let us know. <laughs> he doesn't listen to the pod. No. <laughs> but the group literally dogpiled Richard Ramirez, held him down, and beat him relentlessly until the police showed up and took him down to the station. So by the time he was arrested... I'd say he was royally fucked up. Yeah, the police were like, ooh, we don't even have to rough you <laughs> <Yeah>. up, dude. <laughs> You've been rough. I hope they still did, though. I hope they tased him a little. Yeah, at least a little. Come on. <laughs> Throw some police brutality in there. Some, some. <laughs> okay, so at his first appearance in court in 1988, Ramirez had drawn a pentagram on his palm and he held it up and yelled, Hail Satan. <laughs> so, just kind bitch. of a dumbass, I guess. Edgelord, stupid bitch. <laughs> I guess he really wanted everyone to know that he was real into Satan. I think we all knew from the eyeball removals <laughs> no and shit. No way, and all the times you made everyone swear to Satan. Yeah, and the pentagrams. Yeah. What a bitch. Okay. <laughs> so, during his trial, the Los Angeles Times had reported that jail employees had overheard that Ramirez had a plan to have someone smuggle a gun into the courtroom and shoot the prosecutor. Jesus Christ. Which obviously set everyone on edge. Yeah. So they had a metal detector right outside the door, and every everyone who went in the courtroom had to go intensive searches, but nobody brought a gun in. No nobody guns. was shot. Okay. Nothing. An interesting thing. On August 14th, one of the jurors did not show up to court. Oh, fuck. Yeah. A search went out for her, and later that day, she was found dead in her apartment, and she had been <gasps> shot to death. Fuck! Honestly, my first thought, as the jury's first thought was, shit, did Richard Ramirez orchestrate this shit from prison? Is he gonna I, kill the rest of us? Yeah. I don't think he has the brains for it. I don't but think he does But let's find out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you are correct. Interestingly <laughs> enough, it was determined that Ramirez had absolutely nothing to do with it. She had been shot and killed by her boyfriend, who then went to a hotel and killed himself with the same gun. Jesus. But I just think it's so crazy that that happened during Richard Ramirez's trial to one of his jurors. Yeah, no, that's fucking like, weird. That's some crazy coincidence. Yeah. Or maybe it's Satan. It might be Satan. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so September 20th, it's now 1989, four years after he's been arrested, and Ramirez is finally convicted of all charges. Ooh, it took four years. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? I don't think his trial even started until 1988, though. So he was arrested in 1985. It took three years for him to go to trial, which wow. isn't uncommon. That's really that's actually fairly common. Interesting. And then the next year he was convicted. Hmm. Why the fuck does it take so long to do legal shit? I would love to know. But he was finally convicted of all charges, and this includes 13 counts of murder, five attempted murders, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burglaries. Okay. On November 7th, 1989, he was sentenced to death in California, and he was sentenced to the gas chamber. Good. That's, like, literally the worst way to go. Oh, my God. Sounds Your miserable. eyes pop out. Ugh. Like, literally. <laughs> really? Yeah. And your tongue swells up out of your face. Jesus. So. When he was interviewed about his, his sentence to the gas chamber, he said, Big deal. Death always went with the territory. See you in Disneyland. Fucking stupid bitch. See you in <laughs> Disneyland, bitch. Where do you think you're going? Not Disneyland. Where does he think he's going? Go to the gas chamber. Yeah, the gas chamber and then hell. Yeah. Okay, so. Very opposite of Disneyland, and I don't even like Disneyland. I would love to know. I've never been. Uh, I really want to. It smells like sweaty fat people and churros. Is Disneyland the one in California? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It'd be but, fun like, if you were like, drunk. Raging. Can you get drunk at Disneyland? Yeah. Wow! <laughs> Why don't we go? Because I fucking hate we're going to Mexico. Yeah. So what up? Let's actually do a clink on that. Okay. 
to Mexico. So, okay, so I have a little bit more for you. I want to tell you about his prison life and about the women, like, flocking to Richard oh, Ramirez's yeah. side during his trial and after his trial when he'd been fully convicted of these horrific, heinous crimes. Ugh, it's so gross. He had women flocking to him. And they would write him letters and, like, so many different women came from all over the country to visit him in prison. Women even fought over him when they would be visiting him in prison. That's so gross. That Disgusting. is so gross. What the fuck is your mind thinking that makes yeah. you think that that's okay? It's just not. Like, I it's understand not. he's physically hot. Like, yes, he yes, is a he's hot attractive. dude. He's very, well, he was when he was young. He's an he attractive Latin man. Whatever. Suave. Yes, of course. <laughs> But, like, what a piece of shit. What a piece of shit. He committed all those murders. That's what drew them to him. That's so fucked. Right? Because there weren't women flocking to this homeless man before. No. 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 No one was lining up. No one. The fuck? He wasn't even known to date. So that means these women fucking heard that he committed these murders, saw that he was kind of attractive, "Mm, and they're like, "Mm." a sexy psychopath. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. But, but here's a fucking interesting revelation I just had. Okay, hmm. so hot male serial killers that are yes. killing women, right? Yes. Ted Bundy, mm-hmm. Richard Ramirez. There's lots of rape going on. Yes, they have tons of female fans, right? Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer. Did you see any gay men flocking to his trial? Where are the gay men? What the fuck is wrong with women? What the fuck is wrong with women? There were no you gay men! A revelation. That's exactly who, who would have been flocking to him. He was killing if, gay men! If... And he was hot when he was young. He was hot when he was young. I will agree. So where were the gay men? Where were the gay men? Clearly, this is a fucked up... This is an anti-feminist podcast now. (laughs) Yeah, fuck women. (laughs) Just kidding. We're great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, ew, what the fuck? And genuinely good point. Where are the men? Yeah, right? The gay men specifically. Mm Mm-hmm. Why are women flocking to all these women killers, but why are the gay men flocking to the gay man killer? Exactly. The fuck? Questions to be asked Mm -hmm. and probably never to be answered. Except by us later when we do an episode on it. (laughs) We'll let you know. So when he was first arrested, he had one woman in particular that was like really all up in him. Okay. I don't like that. (laughs) All up in that bussy. Ew. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, But this woman was Doreen Leoy, and she paid him a fuck ton of attention. Over the course of his time in prison, she wrote him 75 letters, and by 1988, Ramirez proposed to her. Okay. On October 3rd, 1996, they were married in San Quentin State Prison in California. Did she buy her own ring since he was in prison? Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) I think she did. no money. He, like, gives her, like, a little fucking funyun. He was like, for you, my dear. (laughs) (laughs) He ties a twist tie around his fucking face. So then Doreen said for years and years and years that she would commit suicide on the day of Ramirez's execution. Jesus. But by 2009, it was revealed through DNA testing that Richard Ramirez had committed yet another previously unmentioned murder. Jesus. On April 10th, 1984, at the age of 24 years... At the age of 24... Richard Ramirez murdered nine-year-old May Luang in the basement of the hotel that he called him that he called home at the time in San Francisco. Fuck. He had raped, beat, and stomped her to death, then <gasps> hanged her body from a pipe. What is that like by her neck? Is that what that means? I oh think so. no! I all in the basement that. of this hotel. That's awful. Where's the staff? Where's the staff? Oh my god! Why are you in the basement in the first place? Yeah. Why? How? How could you find the basement of a hotel anyway? I've been to many a hotel. I worked at a hotel, and I don't even know where the basement is. Yeah, where the, where's the door? 
Someone tell me. <laughs> I actually don't need to know. You don't actually don't need to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one should know. No one oh should know. Oh, my God. But she was found hanging from oh, there. So fuck. at least the staff knew. Ugh. He was considered a very strong suspect in this case based off the DNA. And as the case was being built, um, he remained in prison, obviously. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, he also lost his wife to this. Doreen was totally cool with all of the other things that he had done, all the okay. other murders he had committed, all the other crimes, all the other rapes, all of the other everything. But apparently, this murder of this nine-year-old girl, that was, our, it was his first murder. If it was April 10th, 1984, this would have been his very first murder. Oh my god. But she's totally cool with everything else, but apparently learning that he had done this... <sighs> Is the bottom line for this bitch. Here's my controversial yet brave opinion. Let's see. Fuck hear this it. lady. No, fuck this lady. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's not even controversial. I know. Who's controversial? Sarcasm, bro. Fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, girl. Fuck. fuck them both. Fuck them all. <laughs> Just fuck this bitch. She was fine bro. with everything else. But Murdering old ladies in their beds, raping them, stabbing them, taking their eyes out. Yeah, no, 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 no. But my guess is, like, obviously she was cool with all that, obviously. Yeah, I guess. But my guess is what probably upset her about it is that she was like, well, you did this. There's DNA tying you to it, and you didn't tell me about it? Mm." Yeah. It's either that or it was a child that he murdered. Well, yeah. Yeah. But then why wouldn't you be upset about all the times he tied up those kids and made them watch their mothers get raped? Because he didn't stomp them to death and hang them from a pipe. I guess. But I don't know. I don't know this bitch. And I'm really glad I don't. Tori. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so on August 7th, 2006, Ramirez had lost his first round of appeals. And seven years later, with appeals still pending, as he's still in the process, Ramirez died at Marin General Hospital due to complications from B-cell lymphoma. Lymphoma. Which we learned. Lymphoma. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Italian. Which Madison Davis here taught me is cancer. It is cancer, yeah. Low low red blood cell count or some shit. It's some shit with the blood cells. I don't know. She goes to school, not me. (laughs) At a community college. Very prestigious. (laughs) But uh, also, like, I mean, he had that cancer, but he was also 53 years old, had been infected from his lifelong chronic substance abuse, and he was also suffering from hepatitis C. Mm. A bloodborne illness. Yeah, I'm surprised he wasn't suffering from more physically. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was he lived man? a dirty, gross life. At a young age, I forgot to mention this earlier, but at a young age, like when he started doing all that cocaine and LSD, yeah. it was also very apparent that he stopped showering. <gasps> Personal hygiene was not a uh, priority for this man. Well, I guess murder Why was. are all the ladies <laughs> flocking to this man? Oh, Richard. Why? (laughs) Richard O. (laughs) Please take a shower. Oh, Oh, Richard. (laughs) And brush your fucking teeth, you stink ass bitch. Brush your fucking teeth. Jesus. (laughs) Stop drawing pentagrams for four minutes and brush your teeth and take a shower. Leave that woman be. Yes. Go use her toothbrush. Bathe. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so as far as that 14th potential murder goes, the Mm -hmm. one where the DNA was found, his wife divorced him or whatever... He never made it to the trial, obviously, because he died before evidence could be brought together for it to even happen. But in 2016, and this is, to me, very interesting. So, in 2016, officials stated that they had found a second suspect for the murder of Mei Wang, the nine-year-old girl. Fuck. Um, they identified this through yet another DNA sample from the scene. And they believed that this suspect had to have been present for the murder, although it's very unclear if this person was an active participant, because they were just a minor at the time of the crime. So, I mean, to me, really, like, 
either there was another person there, like, in, like, many of his crimes where he would kill one of them, rape the other one, let the other one go, like, whatever. Yeah. Or if there were kids present or something, like, clearly this was a nine-year-old girl, and that's much younger than anyone else that he's killed. Yeah. But there was another young person present. Yeah. Who either participated or was forced to be there. Yes. One or the other. And it really depends on their age. And that's a big point. Yeah. That's a big point. Because if they're old, mm. well, yeah, if they're young, there's no way that person, that, no. they're, they're not a suspect. Which makes me think they're in their later teens. Because they're a suspect, so yeah. they have to be at least old enough for it to have been, like, maybe they actually did do something. At least, like, over 12, I feel like. Right? I agree. Yeah. I agree. Nothing ever came of this. Uh, the name of whoever this minor who was at the scene of the crime never was released. Oh, that is yeah. interesting. Okay. Yep. And then I just had some quotes from an interview with Richard Ramirez. So, he did say that the media had portrayed him as a cold-hearted, ruthless monster, but I'm really not that way. I'm very down-to-earth. What a fucking idiot. Okay, you psycho bitch. What a Seem like fucking it. stupid bitch. <laughs> yeah. And then the interview had, interviewer had told him that he was now right up there with the likes of Charlie Manson and, like, Ted Bundy, and he asked him, how do you feel if, about the fact that you're now grouped in with these types of men? Richard said, serial killers do, on a small scale, what governments do on a large one. They are a product of the times, and these are bloodthirsty times. Even psychopaths have emotions if you dig deep enough. But then again, maybe they don't. Okay, what the fuck? What yeah. the fuck? You had me yeah. in the first half. Yeah, the first half. I'm the, like, yeah, the fuck government the government. Shit. They Serial killers do on a small scale what governments do on a large scale. Yeah. Guess what, Richard? You're correct. Yeah, because the government, our government in America, kills more people than every serial killer we've ever had combined. Yes. So, yes. um... But then where did yeah. the even psychopaths have emotions if you dig deep enough? Or maybe they don't. Yeah, I don't know. But He's just pulling shit out of his ass right there. Yeah. But and then the fuck interview- the man, for sure. Fuck the man. <laughs> <laughs> but then the interviewer says, do you have emotions, Richard? And Richard says, no comment. Okay. Well, he no, doesn't that's have emotions. No. That's yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. He was like, but then again, maybe they don't. Me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> Not me. I, the media portrayed me as cold-blooded, but I'm really down-to-earth, but I don't have emotions. What the fuck are you Whatever. talking about? <laughs> if okay, I were that interviewer, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> this next one. This next one. Makes no fucking sense. He says, People in this day and age are brainwashed and programmed like a computer being nothing more than puppets. This nation, this country, is founded in violence. Violent delights tend to have violent ends. Madness is something rare in individuals, but in groups, people in ages. Okay. In groups, people in ages. That and part I listened, lost me. I'm not even kidding. I listened to this a thousand times. And I was like, is he saying in people, but in groups, people in ages? And it does. Hmm. And then he says, it is a rule. <laughs> okay. Madness is something rare in individuals, but in groups, people in ages, it is a rule. <laughs> and that's it? Killing is killing, oh. whether done for duty, profit, or fun. Men murdered themselves into this democracy. I mean, he does have a point there. Because democracy was built on fucking murder. You know what I mean? Because, like, what he's saying, basically... I'm not trying to offend this bitch. No, no, no. Never consider that. Put on your, put on your psychopath glasses. My psychopath glasses are on. <laughs> Here's what he's saying. He's being persecuted because he was murdering for fun on a small scale, right? Yes. He's saying the government is murdering on a large scale yes. and no one's doing shit. No because they're shit. doing it for democracy. Right. And Air madness, quotes. Yes. Yeah. Madness is something rare in individuals, but in groups. Yeah. 
So that's what he's saying there. Yes, you're so, right. Which, I mean, I agree with that, but not with him killing people. Don't no, do that. But I will Fuck say, the government. <laughs> you have phenomenal psychopath glasses Thank to have you. been able to decipher this madness. They look <laughs> okay. good on me, huh? Yes, they look great. <laughs> Don't wear them too long. I won't. Take them bitches off. Do we off. have emotions? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so the interviewer to this was like, all right, bro, nice script. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. The guy was like, okay. <laughs> So then they start talking about his interest in Satanism, and he says, It is undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit. It is power without charity. A Satanist admits to being evil. And when he was asked, Do you admit to being evil, Richard? Richard said, We are all evil in some form or another, are we not? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the interviewer was like, like, mm, Yeah, but like, are you, though? Like, you're not answering the question. <laughs> yeah. And then Richard was like, Ha ha. <laughs> like, yes, I am evil. Not 100%, but I am evil. Evil has always existed. The perfect world most people seek shall never come to pass, and it's gonna get worse. The great apex of our life is when we gain the courage to rebaptize our evil qualities as being our best qualities. Here's the thing. I'm not gonna say I'm not an evil person, but no. I'm trying to think of, like, what he's saying. I don't think, like, I don't have any evil qualities that I could rebaptize as, like... I'm a messy As, bitch. Like, your best qualities? Yeah, like, I don't <laughs> clean my room a lot. That's a bad quality. Yeah, evil, if you ask yeah. me. <laughs> Just the scum. Like, that's pretty much it. Right? Like, what is he saying? Whatever your evil qualities are, whatever evil thoughts you have, whatever evil drive you have, yeah. give it life. Yeah. And that, to me, is fucked up. Oh, yeah. But, and um, it goes against one of the rules of Satanism. Which is what? Do no harm to others unless they do harm to you. And if they do harm to you, fuck those bitches up. Is that a role of Satan? <laughs> yeah, it literally really? is. It literally is. I mean, they phrase it way more eloquently than I did. <laughs> but it's literally do no harm to others unless they do that shit to you. And if they do, fuck them up. Have no mercy. When walking in open territory, bother no one. If someone bothers you, ask him to stop. If he does not stop, destroy him. It, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Wow. So it's saying don't bother anyone. If they bother you and you tell them to stop, destroy him. Fuck them up. Damn. Yeah. Wow. And wow. if you look through the rules of Satan and Satanism, I ask everyone to. Yeah. It's actually like just good rules shit. to be a good person. Good shit. It's like just don't rate people. If he doesn't stop when you ask him to. Yeah. It's like don't rate people. Don't hurt fucking little mm -hmm. kids. Don't do this shit. If a guest in your lair annoys you, treat him cruelly and without mercy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like, <laughs> but respect yourself. Yeah. Yeah. When in another's lair, show him respect or else do not go there. Yeah. Right? It's basically These saying, are great rules. Yes. That's I why suck. I have positive yeah, feelings think, towards Satanism. Here's the thing. I do too. And yeah. you know what I have to say? Richard Ramirez, fuck you and whatever Satanistic shit you were preaching. Yeah, because it that's wasn't bullshit. true. It wasn't you true. asshole, you fucker. Yep. Okay, so the last little bit of this is just his mental health, which I thought was very interesting, mm. and it's pretty brief. So, a psychiatrist, Michael Stone, says that Ramirez was a made psychopath rather than a born psychopath. Oh, yeah. So that the circumstances in his life basically built up to him being who he is now, which makes a lot of sense to me. The fact that at a very young age, everyone said that he was just, like, a good kid, like, an overall just sweet child. Yeah. And then he started getting close with that cousin who was no, no Mike. Good. Yeah. No good. good. And then he watched Mike kill his fucking wife, and he was still at a very young age at that point, like 12 or 13. Yeah. And then you add to this, like, the drug use starting at a very young age of weed, cocaine, LSD. And so the trauma control model in relation to this basically says that he was in an environment that engaged him in criminal acts, 
violence, and drug abuse, which led to an increased development of psychopathy. Yeah. I don't know, like, before, like, I did, like, extensive research into Richard Ramirez, I would have thought, like, oh, this guy was just, like, born this way. He has to be. Yeah. I mean, that's how I view every serial killer, because, like, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. But this is basically saying, like, if he hadn't been exposed to all of that at such a young age, Mike showing him pictures of decapitated Vietnamese women after they had been raped. Yeah. Like, if he hadn't been exposed to all of these things, like, abused by his dad, he really was made into what he was. Like, it developed, and it developed quickly, and then it was too late. Yeah. And here's what I question, and we're not psychiatrists. No, not even kind of. But do you think it could have maybe stemmed from, like, disassociation, kind of? Because, like, if you think about it, you're a young child, and you're seeing these things that are, like instinctually horrific. Yes. You see beheaded people. You see someone get murdered in front of you. Mm-hmm. Do you think he kind of disassociated the negative feelings and just accepted positive feelings? You I know what I mean? I very much do. I very much do. Fuck. In, like, that same interview that I was telling you about, um, he had been asked... Fuck, what did he say? I don't remember what the guy had asked, but basically Richard Ramirez said, like, I gave up on love and happiness a long time ago. Yeah, I And that why. sentence right there, to me, says... He gave up mm-hmm. on love and happiness a long time ago, and that is as clear as day. And he accepted the evil parts of yes, himself. Yes, and he rebaptized himself with his evil qualities as yeah. being his best qualities. Yep. And he was like, fuck you, fuck the world, fuck everything. Yeah. Fuck everyone. Yeah. Fuck everyone. Yeah. And, like, w- when it came to, like, his victims, like, like, did he ever feel, like, remorse for his victims? Or, like, did he ever worry about his victims oh, or anything? Oh, hell no. Oh, not even kind of. He did not feel an ounce of anything for any of them. Yeah. And I watched an interview with his... I believe it was his niece. This niece goes and, like, as she's, like, an older adult, she goes and, like, visits him in prison and stops going to see him in prison because of inappropriate behavior on his end toward her in prison. Sexually? Well, they were... Every interview that they had... Or every, like, visit that they had was behind, like, glass with the phone. So it wasn't like he could do anything, but he was just being inappropriate towards her. Ew. So she stopped going to see him, but she said she still loved him. She kept writing to him, and... When he finally did die of cancer in 2013, she did this interview and she basically said, like, I'm so glad that he didn't die in the gas chamber and that he was able to die peacefully. And she's like, but that doesn't mean that I don't feel for his victims and that I don't feel for his victims' families. She says, the one thing that just irks me the most is that not once has he ever said sorry. Not once. It's because he's a bad person. It's because he's a bad person. And, I mean, good on this girl for being able to love him through it. That's yeah. really admirable. I tru- I really think so. I think that's yeah. awesome. But he's a piece of shit. Yeah. So, I think that's probably why he never said sorry. Yep. Because he wasn't. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's Richard Ramirez. Part two of serial killer rapist... Um, edgelords who think they're poets oh and God. fucking better than they are and they're just fucking weenies! Yeah. Literally. <laughs> the biggest weenies. Yikes. Ew. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, no, but actually, like, the sense of inflated ego. What's with that? I Where no do you get idea. that? I don't know. I need it. <laughs> I, I can use it. at least a little. Yeah, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, But not like that. Not like that. Jesus but Christ. But they think they're the shit. They, they think they're really the bee's knees. Tell them the Night Stalker was here. Yeah. Yeah, bitch, she knows. Yeah. She's gonna. She's she's gonna tell the police. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. Put your pentagram up there and it's done. Leap. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's crazy. And yeah. here's the thing, with Richard Ramirez, I feel like he was never even sorry that he got caught. No, he wasn't. He said it comes with the territory. Yeah, he was like, fuck it, whatever. See you in Disneyland. BTK, he was sorry he got caught. Yeah. 
That's well, the only thing. so dumb. <laughs> it's because he brought it upon himself. Hey, can you track a floppy disk to its sender? The cops are like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had been at the police station when I they were making been that. crying. <laughs> All the cops are like, do you think we should just tell him no? They're like, yeah. yeah. I think that's the best option. Yeah. <laughs> what else are you going to do? You know? Tell him yes. yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, guys. So, anyways, that's it. That is, uh, that's our two-parter. Yeah, on weenies. On weenies. Yeah. Fuck Ew. these guys. <laughs> yeah. I hate the term weenies. It's just not good for rapists. It's not, but they are weenies. Yeah. What's another word for just straight up fucking... Poons? Poons. Fuck you, you poons. Yeah, they're poons. <laughs> they're straight up poons. <laughs> okay, well, anyways, don't forget to follow us on our social media. Yeah, Twitter at CrewTrime. Instagram at CrewTrime Podcast. YouTube. 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 <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> at CrewTrime. True, you know, a true crime, a true crime podcast. There we go. We got there. Yes. And send us an email at crewtrime, true crime at gmail.com. Yeah. And again, we would like to apologize for our sick voices. Oh, yeah. I'm so it's sorry. It's really bad. I'm going to edit out as many of these coughs as I can. But it's, like, it's bad. And if you guys are also sick right now, honestly, follow our lead and just drink a fuck ton of alcohol. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it all week and it's only made things worse. Yeah. So do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We love you guys. We Have a great you. week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.